All right, you want to do a little intro? Yeah. All right, go for it. All right, folks, Locke is back, and Saeed, the terrorist, wants into that hatch. This is Talking You Lost Me, where we sit down with the hosts of the You Lost Me podcast, and they recap an episode they lost because they are uh, dumbasses. I'm your host, Chris Hardwick. And the episode they're talking about is, Ben, what was the episode called? Uh, it was called The Greater Good. The Greater Good. Yeah. Guys, we messed up again. We fucked up again. This time it was my fault. I fucked up. We record over Discord, and uh, I fucked up the Discord bot that records you. So, um, sorry. Uh, this episode is going to be another little kind of weird one where we... Don't talk about everything, but just sort of recap some of our favorite parts of the episode. So we're sorry. Uh, if you're listening to the <laughs> podcast, I'm sure you've come to realize that Spencer and I are uh, very much not professionals and no. uh, also very bad at this and also <laughs> just uh, very bad at, at like existing. So yes. um, we, w- we want as much sympathy uh, from you, the listener, as possible uh, since then. In the last 24 hours since we lost that recording, I've gotten uh, a terminal case of French fry tummy. Uh, I tried to make five guys at home. It was great, but I have French fry tummy now. I also, my gaming disorder is really acting out. I just, I need all the sympathy you can muster right now, so. It's it's, it's been a tough time. Yeah. Uh, do Do you go with the Cajun seasoning at five guys or no? No, no Cajun seasoning. Oh man, those, I'm I'm all about the Cajun fry. Those fries, I, you know, I use less ketchup than I did in my younger days because I like to actually mm-hmm. taste things now. But yeah, those fries are almost good enough on their own. Just the, the that like hint of peanut from the peanut oil. Um, yeah, they're delish. French fry, salt, ketchup trio is like. A real holy trinity of just deliciousness. Yeah, it's, it's I literally is fat, salt, sweet, all in one bite. I uh, I'm with Dan Torrance from The Shining. My favorite fruit is French fries and ketchup. Yeah, this was a fun episode to talk about. We felt a little bit on a back foot because neither of us had really been steeped in the post nine eleven action show uh, yeah. involving terrorist plots. Neither of us had really yeah. watched 24 or Homeland. The first off is just that we said this on the main one that like it's so sort of towing the line of like how we think about Arab people and Muslim people as as was acceptable in 2004 or 2005, I should say. Like, you know, you, you sort of mentioned that it was very much the like, we're America. We want to work with the good Muslims to get the bad Muslims. Yeah. But in a way, it's a little more patronizing than your far right uh, or your completely reactionary get the terrorist media just because it goes out of its way to be like Assam, you know, he feels so much and he's so torn and he knows that the uh, imam preaches peace. But in the at the end of the day, fuck him. (laughs) Like like we're we're still going after him. So in a way, it's. uh, you know, it's it's not as if this episode, I think, is bad among the media of the era. If you were to compare yeah. it widely, I don't get that sense. Uh, one of the one of the more fun 
things about their portrayal here is when Saeed first enters Assam's roommate's apartment, uh, they're playing Half-Life on like a PlayStation 2 or something. And that... Yeah. I like that about that characterization because it gets at something I feel like we were all reminded of like when it turned out that one of the marathon bombers was, you know, just like a weed smoking college bro. Or when, you know, you get that like wonderful declassified intelligence on like the porn Osama bin Laden watched. Yeah. He had some uh, Nintendo DS games, including uh, Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. He had uh, Metroid Prime Hunters and Yoshi's Island DS. Hell yeah, is good taste. Nice. The point. The point being that the terrorist isn't the first generation immigrant who uh, is kind of steeped in religious fervor. It is the by and large, generally, at least in the public consciousness now, we know it's kind of the second generation fail son caught between two yeah. worlds seeking, you know, an identity uh, after after kind of not finding it in, like, modern uh, Western culture. And we, we have a funny connection to this, don't we? We do, yeah. His name was Mo. Um one of the like groups at our high school was just I can picture them in my mind's eye all white kids dressed like rappers from the mid 90s like always just like wearing like gold chains and puffy coats mm-hmm. and he was one of them he was like uh, uh, Arab but he hung out with these kids and he was always smoking weed outside the school like he's one of those you know those kids the type of people who would always just like sit there with their mouth open like real true <laughs> mouth breathers like, he was, like, one of those just, like, dumbass kids. Yeah, he was a funny, dumb guy. Funny, dumb guy. And so we, Spencer and I have a friend who's a very talented artist. He's a professional artist. This guy would, like, pay Sam, like, a dollar to draw him a picture of a fancy car. Yeah, he would just get him to, like, draw muscle cars in, in physics. Uh, yeah. And then he joined ISIS, or tried to. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, so my understanding is that the way he tells it, he met a girl in Canada who he followed to Syria and joined ISIS. <laughs> and that she was like his his version of the story is that he she was like a honeypot. Okay. Like that he was like lured into ISIS and eventually he very quickly realized uh like he was not cut out for this shit. <laughs> like he was just this dumb guy from Northern Virginia. And he had like gone to join a you know radical jihadist cult, um, yeah. and and left and turned himself into Kurdish officials, who then turned him turned him over to American officials, uh, and he was put on trial and sentenced to twenty five to life in federal lockup. Free Mo, seriously. I mean, yeah, free Mo. Come on, guys. He, like, don't you want people to defect from ISIS? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so so anyway. that was. That was a fun thing about that portrayal. Like like we kind of mentioned, you get that sappy, hesitating. And then, of course, Syed, who is a shitty friend. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. him after, do, after fuck doing this. Fuck to Saeed, yeah. Yeah, fuck to Saeed uh, for doing <laughs> this. Uh, yeah, just, just fucks his friend over and uh, Assam 
damn, what a way to go out. <laughs> Pretty yeah. hardcore. I hope yeah. he says something like, I, I, I hope she's all that you... I hope she makes you whole again. Yeah. Yeah, real hardcore. Two, two things about, about this real quick that we mentioned last time. First, just a, a fun one. The sort of like, oh, oh, sound that Saeed makes after uh, Assam <laughs> takes the gun away from his throat. Or I think it's like while he's pointing the gun at him. It's oh, like, is, it, is it while he's doing it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's It sounds like he's getting his balls squeezed or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he's yeah. going for there. Uh, really yeah. afraid to die in that moment. Uh, and then the other thing was that you mentioned that in this episode where Saeed is constantly portrayed with actual Arab people, it is ever more clear that he is 100% not Arab. Yeah, it's it's very funny. Yeah. But also, you know, the dealings with, like, the the podunk, like, Australian uh, CIA or oh, whatever, yeah. just at the end, like, well, he's a, he's a terrorist, so we have to uh, burn his body and uh, throw <laughs> the ashes in a garbage can. Oh, you want to just yeah. take? You want to just fly, fly them somewhere? Uh, yeah, sure. What the fuck ever, do it. And yeah. of course, that that is why uh, Saeed gets on the lost plane. A little bit of you know wasn't supposed to be on the plane type of yeah. stuff. It's funny to have the timeline of Saeed and Nadia made so plain. In that, oh, Saeed was like about to be reunited with her, and then after a month on an island, just complete fuckboy mode with Shannon. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you you get yeah. a better better picture of him. Yeah. Quick quick aside on the uh, on the you know he wasn't even supposed to be on the plane. Did you know that Seth MacFarlane was supposed to be on one of the nine eleven planes? I did know that, or you know, I I might have assumed it was a, an urban legend or something. No, it's real. It's one of my favorite ones it's like what a what a weird thing to to lose yeah like the, col- the culture would have changed so markedly our our, cha- our culture would have changed so much if seth MacFarlane had died in 2001 i don't know how much in a way that mattered but no. like <laughs> it would have absolutely changed we wouldn't have had to that awful dog shit like uh we see your boobs like oscar special moment that was an all-time yeah that yeah was, that, was that was pretty terrible. bad but you know this this harkens back to uh, how we were discussing the little the little Sawyer Charlie and Turniphead B plot where uh, oh yeah at, by this point you know you get your baby Huey reference and it's just like oh yeah. Sawyer is Family Guy he's random sauce yeah exactly he's totally random sauce this is how this is how the guy communicates it's also just sort of like like to put a little bit of a fine point on it like. It's kind of the writers who like Lindelof and Abrams are like your quintessential like n- like modern like nerd culture guys. Yeah. And it's them putting their little quirk of knowing everything about pop culture <laughs> onto the cool sexy guy. I mean that would be a very fun character to write, right, you know? Yeah. Uh despite being, you know, an uneducated hillbilly, he apparently has intimate knowledge of like every single aspect of pop culture from like 1970 to 1995. Yeah, you y'all y'all ever watch VH1's I Love the 70s? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is some funniest shit. <laughs> y'all <laughs> Michael, remember Shrinky Dinks? <laughs> Michael Ian Black. Oh man, favorite comedian. Now that's that's my favorite Jew. 
so yeah, f you know, you get that little B plot. Uh, the B plot here uh, to kind of to kind of skip over to the on island stuff. You get that yeah. kind of interminable thing where Kate needs to get Jack to slow down and take a little nap. Yeah. And just yeah. uh, just slow the fuck down, dude. Uh, it gave me an excuse to talk about Phantom Thread, which is uh, top five favorite movies of all time. And, you know, Jack, he protests a little bit when he figures out she drugged his juice, my juice. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't really seem that pissed about it. So, you know, maybe no. maybe he has a little bit of the, of the Hancock, uh, kiss me, my dear, before I'm sick. Maybe maybe he likes to be to be knocked out a little bit by it his romantic yeah, interest. Maybe it's, it, it could be what he's into. Anyway, uh, you get a little bit of that repeated in the B plot with with between Charlie and Claire. Like, oh, let me let me hold on to the baby, despite my terrible track record doing fucking anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just. Just the theme of this episode uh, is getting people to uh, practice self-care. And, yeah, I mean, other than that, I guess the, the real, like, heavy stuff is the Locke and Saeed stuff um, and Shannon. You know, Shannon takes a shot at Locke, gets his ear or edge of his scalp or whatever. It wasn't, like, the, the, the main thrust of the action in this, in this episode, just, like, speaking, like, thematically for the season... It was. It's kind of like treading water. I feel like like they're slowly getting to what this is building to, which I think yeah. you can guess. It's like figuring something else, thinking something out about the hatch. Yeah, um, I th I think of it kind of as a an aligning of audience goals and perspective with uh, the main islanders excluding Locke, their goals and perspective. Right, just because yeah. Locke, we we lost. After getting, you know, our last glimpse of his interiority, we are cut off from him. And by the end of this episode, we want to know what the fuck is up with the hatch. And not only Jack, but uh, Saeed does as well. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of honing and narrowing the focus down to just that. I really, I really loved in this episode, just that image of... Locke walking up after having not changed his bloody shirt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a really strong image. We've seen past the Locke facade, and now we see him come back and try and re-erect it, try and maintain it. We know that he's lying when he says his his kidney scar is a war wound, right? Yeah. We've seen that his whole kind of like shamanistic uh scout leader thing is is constructed and here you're seeing him kind of reconstruct it and it's interesting how quickly you know despite despite the fact that Syed knows he's he's still he's still lying to them about the hatch it's interesting how how quickly they kind of let him they reincorporate him into the community you know after after Shannon does does her thing and you know Jack gets his like spurt of violence out you know yeah, like well, you mentioned also. Not only is Locke sort of just taken back into the community, so Shannon, like, there's yeah. nothing done about the fact that she had literally just fired a gun at a man. Yeah, no restorative justice program in place <laughs> yeah. on on Lost Island yet. 
She was she was not met with a team of mental health counselors. Yeah, no, they didn't they didn't define the harm to each other and I don't know how <laughs> justice works. But yeah, it was uh it was funny to see her just kind of brooding off but still still just kind of being left her to her own designs by the end. Uh yeah. As if they don't expect much from her. Kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, were you were you at all surprised that it was Locke who had hit Zane? <laughs> had done the bonking? I hadn't had done the bonking. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about the bonk, the the cane, <laughs> the cane reached in uh, to the vaudeville stage uh, from kind of like <laughs> stage left. I hadn't thought about that in a while. If I had thought about it, I would have guessed Locke. Yeah. Would have definitely guessed it. I thought his reasoning here was kind of thin. Do you want to? Do you want to reiterate real quick what that reasoning was as he stated it? Yeah, it's just like you know, Saeed was trying to find the source of the transmission, and Locke said he didn't think it was a good idea to go to the transmission, which is the French woman's transmission, because he said you know it killed them, it killed them all, and yeah. he says you know that's not a good place to go, and everyone was so obsessed with getting off the island. He says he says it's the same thing that's happening with the raft. And so he accuses it or asks if he burned the raft and Locke says no. And we, of course, know that it was Walt. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the other big thing here that we sort of both noted separately was the, I believe you ter- termed it verbal jujitsu. <laughs> Locke and Saeed, the sort of like trying to one up each other with logic and reason. Yeah, it's like, well... You know, you only told me you had a gun because I already saw you had one. That's the reason you shared that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Very, very funny. Very hammy. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else about this episode that you wanted to go back and recover in this, our second attempt at this one? <laughs> no, I just, uh, I can't wait to see the flush back in, in Jack's cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to slow down, chill out a little bit. I know, I know you've been generally loath to make predictions, and I'm not going to ask you to make anything specific, but like, we're getting toward the end of the season. But there's four hours left in this season. Uh, what do you think, like, what, what generally do you think that, that we're going towards? I would guess that we'll get in the hatch, but maybe some people from Ethan's crew, if he has one, will will intervene somehow. Uh, maybe we'll get a kind of reintroduction of the monster. Uh, just because both of those antagonists have been dropped for a while. They've been, they've been mm-hmm. silent, you know, as, as Hurley reminded us in his like great, like peroration about how yeah. like no one seems to take this shit seriously. Yeah. I, I would guess, I would guess those things, I think kind of loosely. Sounds good. All right, that's uh, that's interesting to hear. We'll get there. Um, okay, uh, I think it recorded this time, so hopefully you guys are actually listening to this. We will be back next week uh, to talk about the episode "Born to Run." Obviously, a Bruce Springsteen reference. One of my favorite artists. Uh, it's a Kate episode. It's, yeah, uh, it's good. It's an, it's interesting. It's it's a good one. I can't wait to figure out. Uh, how Kate's dad uh, lost his union job uh, and got married too young and yeah. uh, all that other shit. Yeah, and now a uh, new show about Kate's dad, the uh, Trump supporter, always 
profiled in the New York Times. Anyway. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, guys.